resolutions, goals, plans for the year. Anybody ever do that? Anyone ever do goals? Resolutions you end up breaking, but goals are something you can aim to achieve. So I've done goals for a number of years now. Over the years, I've become more realistic and I've set less goals as each year goes by. But they help. They do help. For years running, Jenny and I had go to the gym. And for years running, it remained as a goal. So we took that one off the list. <laughs> but other things like reading more books than I acquire is one that I really need to put into practice. And I learned that a bit last year and I'm going to hopefully learn that a bit more this year. The pile by my bed, actually I've got two piles by the bed now, haven't I? Three piles by the bed, sorry. So I really need to read more books than I acquire. But goals are a good thing to do. This time of year, January, is a good time of year just to reflect naturally. It's a date. It's another number. But just in the natural course of events, it becomes a fresh start and a fresh opportunity to reflect on where we've been as people, just as individuals, but also as a church, and then to reflect where we're going, where we'd like to be. Maybe you want to move house. Maybe you want to save up for a holiday. Maybe you need a new car. Maybe you need to go and catch up with relatives or friends you haven't seen for a long time. You can have goals. When you decide to do something, aim by November, I want to have seen X and Y and so on. It's a good thing to do. It gives us intent. And this is a good time of year to do such. And that's what we're going to do this morning as church, as Beacon. We're going to look at where we've been, where God's taking us, and help that understand a little bit more of where God will be taking us in the mid to long term as well. The great thing about God is he's always on the move. He's unchanging, but he's always on the move. God is not static. Ivan, in fact, reminded us of that uh, just before we moved here, when we prayed before the move, coming over to this school on Sundays. Uh, Ivan reminded us that night, I've got it written down, God is not static. And in fact, C.S. Lewis, the famous Christian writer who wrote the Narnia books, he wrote this, he said, God is not a static thing, but a dynamic, pulsating activity, almost a kind of drama, almost a kind of dance. And actually, that is a helpful way, in one way, of describing God. He is full of surprises. You see in the Bible, continually, he's full of surprises. And we can see many of us, most of us in this room, if not all of us, can attest to God surprising us and how he works in our lives and in different ways and in the people around us. Our God is always on a mission to see a growing, gathered, being made perfect people. That is his mission on this planet. And as we become his people, we get sucked into that mission, which means we now have purpose, we have reason for being, we have intent, we have a focus. Can I have the first picture up please Paul ah well that picture's good isn't it little, little story of Herne Bay just to kind of help explain good isn't it it's lovely the healthiest spot in England who knows a bit of the history of Herne Bay does anybody know the history of Herne Bay it wasn't really a town a couple of hundred years ago there's not a lot here little few little houses and so on been like that for centuries in the 1830s there was a Canterbury surveyor called Samuel Hacker and he had a vision for a new town here this was going to be more than just a few houses and some fishermen. This was going to be a, a new town full of industry and life. And he drew up the plans in the 1830s. Unfortunately for him, it didn't come to fruition. What it did start very quickly, it kick-started a drive for growth, for investment, for people moving in, for building, for industry. It's how we ended up that same decade with our clock tower, which is the first purpose-built freestanding clock tower in the world. We've still got it. That's where that came in 1837 or whatever it was. Just a few years later, very quickly, there was a sudden interest and a vision for this place. More building came, more people moved in. We ended up with a pier. We ended up paddle steamers running off the pier. And we ended up being known as, in Victorian times, the healthiest spot in England. Isn't that nice? Isn't that lovely? 
Of course, in the 20th century, there was a decline. Some deprivation has happened, to be honest, across the UK in seaside towns anyway. You see it in Margate, you see it in, um, in Blackpool and, and so on, different places. It's been a common thing. Towards the end of the 20th century, we got a bit more state funding, a bit more lottery funding. A few little things happened along the seafront, and we got all done up and so on. Um, but then there was another, another vision, another kickstart. Just in recent years, there's been a, a difference. Have anyone noticed a difference in community feel in town? There's more going on. There's more of a buzz in town. There's less boarded up shops. Increasingly, more and more local businesses and small restaurants and cafes of different types are opening up. Some part of that story was, did you know our town got sold two, th uh, two, nearly three years ago? Do you know about this? Sold on eBay. <laughs> Do you know about this? 2013, a local business, businessman, for a laugh, put Herne Bay on eBay, put it up for sale. And another local business, businessman thought he'd bid, and he won. Do you know what it sold for? One pound and four p. <laughs> Reason being, I think he was the only person to bid. However, this guy... He knew it was a joke. It was all part of a joke. You can't actually sell a town. However, he realised, if in principle, I now own Herne Bay, I've got a responsibility here. And out of that birth, the Herne Bay promo team, who have done a huge amount for our town, huge amount for our town, and still do, uh, they, they help kickstart a, a fresh uh, uh, means for our Christmas lights and getting those um, done up properly, because there was a bit of a complaint a few years ago, wasn't there, with the tree and one light bulb on it or whatever. Uh, the, the air show is phenomenal and getting nationally known. It's not happening this year. Reason being, it's going to be even bigger, double the size next year. Is it happening again? They've changed. Because they were going for a two-day event ne next year. Well, they're doing it again this year. There you go. The um, Sci-Fi by the Sea, big co convention. It rakes in a lot of interest. I mean, how many thousands on the seafront for the air show? These people coming into our town just to see it. This is all by the Herne Bay promo team have helped do that. You see, vision has brought life to the town both times, back in the 19th century and more recently. Now we, have one of the, we are one of the towns with one of the most community groups in one town in the UK. The trick is getting all these community groups working and talking together. And actually, Beacon Church, we're one of them. We're a community, church, a community group in town. We're one of those. And we're one of the towns with the greatest number of community groups in one town in the UK. Community is on the up, and it's all because of vision. Vision is fascinating. Vision is a great thing because vision brought growth. When it disappeared 19, in the 20th century, for example, so did the life of the town. The flourishing stopped. Everybody, When there's no vision that everybody is cohesive, everybody is following, everyone is dreaming for and striving for, having goals within, when not everyone's running in the same direction, it's every man for himself. And the life disappears. See, vision is not a shopping list. I want X, Y, and Z. That's not that. Vision is a dream, a hope for a better future. It's a preferable, as Terry Virgo puts it, it's a preferable future that impels us to run after it. Proverbs 29, verse 18, famous one for many of you, says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. When people aren't running in the same direction after the same better thing, like I say, it's every man for himself. You flip that, when there is, there is life. What's the vision for Beacon Church? Well, I don't want to come up with a vision that I think of because I'm a writer or I want to come up with clever things or we'll work out a vision between us by committee. That never works. I've seen other churches try and do that. It never works. What I'd like and I trust you'd like is a vision from God, more importantly. 
He's the one who can see the bigger picture. He's the one who can see over the hill. He's the one who can see around the corner. He's the one that knows what we don't. I'd rather hear from him, wouldn't you? The best way of hearing from him, first and foremost, is through his word. There is also prophecy as well, when he reveals through us, and we have to, as a body of people, pray it through and wait. Is that really from God, or was it just what, whatever they came up that sounded nice at the time, out of sentiment or good, uh, or good intent or whatever? We have to weigh these things up, weigh up against, first and foremost, the Bible, and see where God is leading us through circumstances and through doors being shut and doors opening. We see what God's saying to us. Here's a few things that God has said to us just recently to help set the scene of where we're going. Two years ago, two, two and a half years ago, before we moved here, like I say, that night when Ivan shared about God not being static, that same night we had a number of prophecies. They're all online, all on the internet. If you want a, a link to read all the prophecies we've had as a church over the years, there'll be some more pictures in a minute, Malcolm. That's all right. That's all right. That's fine. Thank you. Um, are people having trouble reading their notes now? <laughs> You're okay. You're all right, are you? Okay. That same evening, there was a lot of prophecies. They're all online if you want to read them. Let me know and I'll send you a link. But that same night, Kay Chandler said this. This is August 2013. This is a picture she had. A wheat field ripe for harvest. Do you remember this? A wheat field ripe for harvest, but the scythe was doing nothing. It had been blunt. Now, however, the blade is sharp and ready to harvest. The time is now. Kay saw a field. We all talked about it and prayed about it between us. We sensed that was from God saying, there is a field before you go and reap and we moved here and we've grown we've been reaping very interestingly two years later last September Robin Coe was here one of our friends and he had another picture that takes that to the next level he said I saw a field with people stood around the edge of the field and also people in the field I then heard a voice in my mind saying to the people turn around and face away from the field it could then be seen that there are eight more fields just as big, surrounding the field in which the people have been working. Then I heard the voice say, stop working in the original field, step into and begin to plough these eight new fields, sowing the seed of God's word as you go. You will reap a harvest in my timing. He told us to go into a field and reap. We've been reaping. He's now telling us to go into all the other fields around it. And as we reap, we, we, there will be a yield of harvest. We have to trust that. We don't know the exact details. That can mean projects, that can mean people, that can mean geography. We don't know exactly, and we're still praying it through. But as we push doors, and as we, I'll talk about what we're going to be doing in a sec, that will help, help us push doors and help us, by faith, step into what we consider to be other fields and trust that God will bring the harvest. Yeah? You excited for that? Another prophecy we had was at our weekend away. Pete Pemothy and Fran, they came and shared with us. They did some great teaching on Joseph. And they had some prophetic words for us then as well, for us as individuals and as a body of people. One of them, he put a picture up of a galleon. Do you remember? The, the great big galleon with no mast, the big ship. And he said the hull is being made with the right shape, the right pieces of wood. It's big. The mast and sail aren't on yet, but that time is coming. He said, as you now work, and I've been talking to him recently about it and praying it through, and he said, as you're doing what you're doing, some of the things I'll be sharing, that is the putting on of the mast. That is the building of the sail. And he says, when it does, beacon, the ship, will be great and noticeable. This isn't about our glory. This is about his, what he's doing amongst us. We'll be careful. But beacon will be great and noticeable. People will sit up and go, what's going on over there? It'll be noticeable. God's promising big things. Another one, one more. Ben Goodman, when he was here in June, 
he shared a lot more for us, but one particular aspect that ties in with this was he said, you are an eight-cylinder car running on four cylinders. And then the phrase he used was, there is greatness untapped. Don't look at what you don't have. Use, look at and use what you do have. So as we step out in faith, as we are trying to understand what these eight fields are around us, as we build this mast and sails, all these different pictures, it's a mix of, mix of metaphors, isn't it? But I hope you understand what I'm saying here, that as we step out, as we trust where God's leading us, as we see where he's at work and we run after that, invest in it, for example, we trust that there will be a greater harvest and we will grow even more. It doesn't stop here. Is that exciting? Yes. So... If we're talking about a taste of the future that impels us to run towards it, what is our focus? What do we look for? Can we have the next slide, please? Ta-da! Four pretty pictures. We'll be going through these one at a time. This is our new vision for Beacon Church. This is, has been spurred through prayer from one more prophecy I'm just going to share for now. There'll be another one later. Um, a guy called Ben Coleman from our church in Lowestoft shared with me. Most of you have heard this now. He said... Um, let me just get the details. I don't want to paraphrase it. I want to write, say what he said. He said, I see your church coming out of a country lane onto a dual carriageway. You will have space to put your foot down and change lanes. Praying this through, asking, is it from God first and foremost? And it seems to tie in with a lot of the other pictures we'd already had, some of which I've mentioned. In that, I understood actually what it's like to come off a country lane onto a dual carriageway. In a country lane, there are tight bends. There are hedgerows. There are trees. It's pretty, but you can't see that far ahead. You're limited in the speed you can do, so you don't know who's going to come careering at you around the corner. You can't see that far ahead. And any signposts you have are such and such a village, three miles, four and a half miles that way, maybe seven miles if you're lucky. That's the kind of distances you're understanding when you're on a country lane. When you go into a dual carriageway, you have extra lanes, as he's saying. You can move lane, you can put your foot down. You can see a lot further ahead. There aren't any tight bends because it's not safe for a dual carriageway to be like that. There's sweeps. You can see across hills. You can see the horizon. And any signposts you have are now talking about 20 miles, 50 miles, 200 miles. The distances are bigger. When you come onto a dual carriageway, you can see further ahead and understand more of where God's taking us. He's not just taking us to a village down the road, he's now taking us to Birmingham, for example. I'm not saying we're going to Birmingham, but metaphorically speaking, who wants to go to Birmingham? That's a joke. So what we've got, we're praying through, and I've been talking with John and David, praying through this and understanding what, what God's doing and how to focus on where God is taking us, that it impels us to run further forward as we're doing it. We come up with the four Ps. This is a vision. You're going to try and guess what the Ps are now, aren't you? The four Ps. You'll find out in a sec. The four Ps. This is an organic shape that will retain its format. What we don't want is to share a vision now. We're going to go and do this. And then 18 months later, we've done that, or that didn't quite work out. So now we're going to do this. And vision becomes this thing that is tossed around by the wind sometimes. We don't want that. This is an organic shape that retains its format, but the understanding of what each of the Ps means will change as the seasons change. We will achieve things. We will see things change. We'll see new opportunities open up. And the details and nuances within each of these four Ps will change, but we'll always have the four Ps to look at and understand where God's taken us. It's easier to remember, and it's an easier way of us understanding what God's doing. It helps us keep our eyes on the road, effectively. Much of this we're already doing. This is just a reminder of where we're going to excite, of, because of what God's been doing amongst us to excite us. Some of it might be a little bit fresh to you. Let's look at the first one, is place. The first P is place. 
This is referring to venues, sites of influence in town, and so on. This school is one of these. It's a place. We have a goal to outgrow this venue. We've had that goal for a little while, and we're starting to. I love that there's more of an exodus when the kids go out now. It's good, isn't it? It's a bit more of a stampede. I love it. It's brilliant. Do you know where the youth have gone right now? They're at McDonald's. I didn't tell you before because you want to go with them. I can tell you now. They're at McDonald's, having a McDonald's breakfast. Good for them. It's good. I love, we've got a youth group. We used to have a youth group. We're growing. and We're starting to fill this room up. What's key is the fact that since we moved here in just those two years, we've grown by about 30%. Surprising, isn't it? But it wouldn't have happened if we stayed where we were because we were responding to God's prophetic call to move out. As he reminded us through Graham Hall's prophetic picture about a pot plant, you don't wait for the pot to be burst by the plant. The plant will just stay stifled and shrunken, stumpy, stilted. But if you remove it and replant it into a bigger plot, pot, it grows. And he's saying time has come to move on. You need to, you need to move before you fill this place up. The same is happening again now. We're starting to fill this room up. Things are changing. The season here is changing. Even just this morning, more changes. Rooms being locked that were, have been agreed to be available to us and so on and so forth. Our man and woman of peace here, we had two on the staff here that we had huge favour with, really easy contact with. They've both gone now. We're okay with the school, but the season is changing. Things are changing and it's, it's becoming harder and harder. But also we are filling this place up. We don't wait until every chair is full up because that doesn't happen. But as we step out to the next thing, God gives us little and we're faithful with it. He'll give us more. Sometimes it's time to move on. With that in mind, we intend to find a new venue within the year. It's exciting times. Scary, but exciting. I know a number of you were uncertain about moving from the Beacon Centre to here on Sundays. Those same people have come up to me and said, I'm okay with it now. I can see the benefit of it and I'm glad we did it. It's good. It's good. I think the time has come to move again. We need to pray into that and need to be sure that's what God's will is. Don't want to just come up with our own ideas of group dynamics. But we believe the time, certain pointers are suggesting the time has come. I've already started a conversation with Herman Bay High. They've got a, a space we might be able to use. We need to talk about spin-off places for creche and youth and kids and so on. How to sort out refreshments. I've already started talking to them. I've, I've got a contact I'm trying to pin down. I'm going to try and uh, get back in touch with this week. I'm just trying to negotiate and see what God says in the conversation. So please pray for me. Please pray for favour or a very clear no. It's fine. That's fine. I've got to be okay with that. We, we all need to be. But we just need to see what God's doing as we proceed with this conversation. So that's the first goal is to find a, venue, a bigger venue this year. See what God does. So the other goal is to uh, see the Beacon Centre being used more for community kind of enrichment and friendship. Um, it's used for different things that I'll be talking about later, like Coffee and Chaos and Art Group and so on. We used to have a home ed group. Um, they've gone now. We used to have foreign students. They've pretty much gone. They might, might be a little dribble of that coming back, but not a lot in the future. Um, other groups. Uh, there's got the photography club, still use it, and a few like that, but not many now. We had some income there. It's pretty much paying for itself now, I guess. But it used to help us out with our fees for the hire of this for Sundays, which doesn't happen anymore. So, okay, we can sustain that. But things have changed there as well. And we don't want it to just be a building that sits in C Street and people either look at or don't even realise it's there as they want to pass it on the way to co-op. We want to use it. It's, when, it's like a biblical talent. We want to use what God's given us for his glory, for the building of community, more importantly, for sharing of the gospel. 
I've spoken to Kent County Council about being, being used for, as a neutral site for contact meets uh, with their social work um, arena and someone like that, but they seem quite keen and then nothing's come of it. So that's okay, it's pushing doors, isn't it? That's fine. If you're inspired with any other idea, please let me know. I'm open to all ideas, but let's just see, let's push doors. I want to see it used, don't you? I want to see it used for his glory and for the gospel. One more goal for in the future, we're not putting any time frame on it. We believe it would be great if we could have a third site. We're multi-site, aren't we? We've got C Street in here, it's good, isn't it? A third site in the middle of town would be great, whether that's offices, a coffee shop, a clothes outlet, a drop-in centre, a skills workshop, I don't know. Sometime in the future, as God allows, it'd be great if we could have a third site in the middle of town, wouldn't it? That'd be fantastic. Again, something to pray through. So that's one focus of our vision is place. And when you look at place, when you're praying it through, understand we're talking about venues, we're talking about meeting places, we're talking about opportunities of sites of influence for blessing the community, seeking their welfare and sharing Christ with them. Let's pray into that for place. Yeah? Is that cool? Next one. Let's have the next picture. The next one is plant. We've been praying for church plants. We believe church planting is the most effective uh, means of sharing the gospel because it puts community within community and shares the gospel through gospel-centered lives, lives that demand gospel questions rather than we're hiding in a corner and trying to make ourselves big. Let's have lots of us spread out building community. That's what it's about. And you see throughout the uh, New Testament, they just got on with it, didn't they? There was a drive to do such. So as part of that, just to understand some of the blood, sweat and tears, the fact that they need our prayer support and money support as well, but also just to understand some of what it means to be planting, to get involved emotionally and spiritually. We've been praying for three church plants that are in our movement at the moment. So Lille in France, with Roger and George Eaton and the gang, we've been praying for them. David and Margaret and John and Joe visited them back in May, was it May? He went out and saw them. I was speaking to Georgina this week, they're doing well. Uh, we're going to keep praying for them. Uh, the Helsinki plant in Finland, where Kevin Lydia Jones, Barry and Maureen's daughter Lydia, her husband and now four children, just had a fourth arrive. Yay! Exciting. Their flat is filling up very quickly. And again, they've got a little gang building up around, not so little gang, building up around them now. They're almost heading towards launching as a church, I believe. They're more than just a plant now, just a plant. They're doing a great work out there as well. We're going to continue praying for them as well, and for Tim and Rachel Heath and the gang in Tallinn, Estonia, again we're Barry and Maureen visit now and again to support them, we're going to keep praying for them as well, they need our prayers as much as any of the others as well, we're going to keep it contained to three, you could pray for so many, we're going to pray for those three, they're the ones we have a particular relationship with, what we also intend, particularly this year, if not next year, is have more of us get our feet on the ground in these places, let's go and visit them, let's go and bless them, I know some of you have talked about that, Jenny and I would love to, not quite sure our logistics and money will work out, but we'd love to get there this year, maybe take Amy for a weekend, do Helsinki and Tallinn. They're only two-hour ferry rider um, apart. We could do that in a long weekend. be good for Amy to get out there, not just for her exposure, but actually to bless the kids out there. Have, some, have another friend come and bless them. We can pray with them and just share with them and, and so on. We'd love to get more of our feet on the ground. Any of you, if you want to go and visit, go and visit. They'd love it. They just relish more people stopping by and seeing what's going on and being involved emotionally, relationally. So we'd love to get more of us on the ground. Those are those three plants we're involved in. However, it doesn't stop there, does it? We believe we are called to plant one day. So what we are praying through, we aim to plant ourselves in the next five years. Whether that is just out of us, which I don't think at the moment looking at our size is wise, but actually I think it's wisest to do it 
in relationship with other churches anyway, to be honest, and that's what most of these other plants have happened. We intend to be involved in a church plant, people on the ground in the next five years. We'll allow God to shape that. But as always, with any baby, there has to be a pregnancy. And with any pregnancy, there has to be a conception. Let's keep praying for a name, a baby name, if you like. Let's pray for a place name. Let's pray for a location. If any of you have countries in your heart stirring, doesn't mean you're going to go, it might do. But maybe someone that's on your heart to pray for, let's talk about it. Let's pray it through. Prayer and vision evenings, we're going to keep praying through this whole subject. Let's pray for a baby. Doesn't mean you see it for a metaphorical nine months, but there's still life in the womb, isn't there? We can have a baby pushing and kicking, and as it gets bigger and it's getting ready to be birthed, it'll be, it'll be getting a bit uneasy in amongst us, the body of people. That's good. That's a baby being birthed. We don't just suddenly decide, next month, Julian and Julia are going to go to Bolivia. Off you go. That's not any plant churches, is it? You'll be grateful to know. It doesn't work like that, does it? There needs to be a process and a praying in and an investment and spreading the net wider and seeing who else is getting involved and building up a core, a core momentum before you even get anywhere near getting out there permanently. There needs to be a birthing of it. Before the birthing, there needs to be a conception. Let's pray for a name. Let's pray for a place. Reason being, we could sit around waiting for God to tell us. And 10 years later, we're still waiting around for God to tell us. As we were, actually, David mentioned earlier in his prophecy, seeking you will find, ask, and you will get. Asking you will receive. We need to ask. Maybe he's just waiting for us to ask. You see, in the New Testament, they got on with planting churches. They didn't sit around waiting for God to speak prophetically. There were nudges along the way. Once they set out, there was the man of Macedonia and so on. There was nudges along the way. Don't go here, go there. But they went. Paul in Romans 15 talks about, I just seek to, to, uh, to share the gospel in places where they haven't already received it. I don't want to step on anyone's toes. I don't want to lay on other people's foundations. There's people out there that haven't heard it. I'm going there. And he just decided to go. He wasn't waiting for God to give him a name and he wrote it down on a piece of paper. He just went and allowed God to guide him on his journey. We need to do that as well. We need to be asking need to decide to plant churches and allow God to speak to us before we race ahead of ourselves. That's the wisest way of doing it. Do you agree? Is that okay? Let's pray for that. So when you're praying for plant, let's pray for names. And we'll continue to pray for the three we're already involved in in the meantime. Third one, what is it? Participates. Participate. This is seeing where God is already birthing new growth and investing in it. The one thing we should never do is look at other churches and see they've got that project and they've got that group and we haven't, so we need that because it's working for them. And then telling God what he needs to do for us. <laughs> doesn't work like that, does it? We need to see where... And sometimes there's pushing doors, sometimes there's trialling new things, there's taking risks, that's okay. But not giving God our agenda or copying other churches' models, that doesn't work. We have our own unique model that he is giving us. And it shouldn't necessarily work for other churches as well. It's all about context, isn't it, and culture. We need to see where God's already at work and run with it. So, for example, coughing and chaos. That's thriving. Sometimes we can say, oh, I get so busy on Fridays, it'd be nice not to do coffee and chaos anymore. And the kids are nice, but let's just stop it and let's do something else instead. God is clearly doing something there. So even when we're tired, we are driven to run with it because we love it and love what God's doing amongst us. It's brilliant. Jenny and I went on holiday with 30-odd of us. 
and we're hoping to do so again next November. We've got genuine friends here, really, really good friends. Recent months, we've had nearly every Friday had a, at least one new mum and child or children have come along. We get new faces all the time and nearly invariably, nearly every time I ask them, why did you come, how did you hear about us? My friend told me to come, it's one of the best ones in town. Or sometimes, blowing our trumpet, they say, it's the best one in town. Woo. It's part of it is because we are intentional. We decide to do craft, we decide to do song time, we decide to do snack time, we do it certain ways. We are intentional. We don't just put on a bit of a service. We care about these people and we want to do the best for them. We love it. But as we do, and as we share just Christ's love just by being there for them, but sometimes verbally they'll ask questions, which they do now. As we do, it's something thriving is going on there. Something is flourishing. There is life in that place. People just love coming to hang out with us. They say, oh, look, I've stopped going to that group now. That lady who runs it, she, oh, she's a, bit, she's a bit funny with the kids. Why are you working with kids? But they love coming to hang out with us. It's good. God is doing something there. Let's run with it. Let's invest in it. Monday Thursday Club, God's clearly doing something there as well. We're talking to um, other churches and the ID team is the new kind of impact, which was FYP, kind of discipleship training for young people that's going on at the moment. We're talking about, hey, can we have one of those to help out with Monday Club? We're asking. And there's a conversation going on. There was one guy who was ideal who now isn't for various reasons. Things happen. But we're going to keep asking. And we're still on their profile for even next year. They've now, it's actually helped shape their program for next year. They're not going to have people doing a year out with their church. The idea is you may stay in your church if that's the right place for you, but the right place for you might be in Herne Bay. That's part of the deal now. So we're going to be talking about it, and God willing, we'll get someone to help out a Monday club. Not all of us are available. We're all doing stuff, so we're all busy. If you've got a real heart for it, go and talk to Derek. There's Thursday club as well, the primary school age as well, that Julie helps out with. It's brilliant stuff. We can't all do everything. But if you want to get involved, please do let us know. But in the meantime, if all of us, between us, we're doing too much, we can't do that, let's find someone else who can. So we're asking. Let's be intentional. Let's try and invest in what God's doing. We see what God's up to. We've got to run with it. We can plant and we can water. He brings the growth. When he brings the growth, you don't stand back and go, thanks very much, we'll be over there if you need us. We've got to go where he's bringing the growth, haven't we? And keep investing. Art group is a good thing. Keep doing what you're doing. Who's in the art group on Tuesdays? Put your hands up. Bill? He's not listening, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the art group is good. Good friendships are coming. People come along to our events. People have got saved through it. Keep doing what you're doing. Invest in it. God is up to something there. It's good. Keep using it. Keep doing it. Our fun day was good fun in August as well. Who was there at the fun day? Yeah, a few more hands go up. We had a good time. We'd love to do another one again. We're not quite sure how or where, but let's pray into it. God clearly was doing something that day. And the relationships we've got with those kids and Jessica and her mum have been a couple of times since. Let's keep investing. If God's doing something, it would be stupid of us to not invest in it. Let's see what God's getting up to. So that's participation. So we'll always, we'll look at place, we're going to concentrate and pray into uh, venues and sites of influence and keep seeking what God's after up to over there. When plants, we're going to be intentional about seeking after a future plant and pray and support ones currently. And when it comes to participation, where is God at work? That's where we've got to work. It's quite simple really, isn't it? Participation. Who wants to guess at the fourth P? Have you been reading my notes? Very good, very good. Partnership. This is in response to another prophecy from Pete Pemberthy. 
God has been very specific in this one. He has told us to do this. Again, we'll be silly not to put it on the list. At our weekend away, who remembers when Pete Pembethy said, I see you, Beacon Church, partnering with other groups in the area, which will bring the blessing of God on them and the process. You'll do it together and we'll crack the nut, is the phrase that was used. Let me read that again. I see you partnering with other groups in the area, which will bring the blessing of God on them in the process. You'll do it together and we'll crack the nut. Again, this is on that list of prophecies online if you want the link. We already are partnering. We have been partnering. Now we know God's going, keep doing it, do it more. We're going to keep seeking after it. If God's given us a key here, we're going to use it to unlock stuff, to crack the nut. So we've already started, in some ways, with this is partnering with other churches as well, of course, like Food Bank, we've been doing that in town. Um, street pastors, he's involved in the street pastors. Yeah, give them a round of applause. They do a lot of hard work. And those of you involved in Food Bank as well, you put yourselves out. It's really good, it's fantastic. But God is blessing our town. Jeremiah 29, 7, seek the welfare of the people around you. Pray for them. And in so doing, that's where you'll find your welfare. It doesn't start by you hiding in the corner, it starts by you getting out there. Partnering with other groups through street pastors and so on. Beach cleans, us partnering with the council. Who's done a beach clean? Who's enjoyed a beach clean? Get your hand up. Oh, Kevin didn't. He didn't enjoy it. <laughs> it's all right, it's good fun. And we get community time afterwards. We go out for a coffee or have an ice cream afterwards, don't we? The view's good. I know what you're thinking. Yes, beach cleans are good fun. They're a good laugh. You get a long prodder with a lever on the end. You don't need to do any bending, Maggie. Come next time. Join us. You get, you get a litter, litter picker litter picker-upper. It's good fun. It's cleaning up our town. It's helping make Herne Bay even better. And we get to hang out with Tom, who's from the council. And we get to talk to him. And we get to make friends with him. And talk about his wedding. And talk about his kid. And talk about life. And talk about holidays. He loves surfing. If you're into surfing, come and talk to Tom. He'll chew your ear off about sea life and seaweed. and It's a, cra- it's a cracking chap. We're making friends with him. And we're partnering with the council in making a difference in our town. It's a part of what God's told us to do. It's good. Now, the next one on this list was going to be a goal for this year, but we're racing ahead of ourselves. Cap. Christians Against Poverty. We were going to decide to get it going this year. In fact, you already know it's already happening. John starts his training next month. Woo! It's exciting. And maybe May, we haven't decided a date yet, but maybe May for an actual official launch. We're going to do it on a Sunday. Someone from CAP who's going to come all the way from Bradford and come and share with us and actually preach that morning and share with us the vision for CAP. And we're going to celebrate what God is doing in our town through partnering. We're going to partner with other groups. And so through, through doing so, we're partnering with different people across the town. People will get saved as a result. I can guarantee it. Absolutely guarantee it. People will get saved added to the local church, some are safe from suicide and so on. All sorts of issues related to debt. There's normally other issues that cause the debt, aren't there? God does transformative stuff, but more notably, eternally, in people getting saved through Jesus Christ. Amen. It's good. Cap. WI. We've been partnering with WI. We've been doing stuff with them, making friends with them. Jenny loves going along. Who else has been to WI? Julia's been. Julia's been to WI. If you don't go, go. It's great fun. Jenny will, Jenny will tell you all about it. They're a lovely bunch, aren't they? And they're young. They're not all... Yeah, yeah. They're not all in their 90s. They're all... The youngest one's um, 18. The youngest one's 18. There you go. And then there's, it's right across... The, it's a good spread of ages. There'll be someone for you. 
as long as you're a lady. <laughs> if you try and sneak in, men, they'll notice you'll be out on your ear roll. But join in. Get involved. It's the last Thursday of every month at our Beacon Centre. It's being used for that. They love our centre. They love it. So get involved. One more thing on this list for now. We're not going to presume anything else until we hear from God on it, but we're going to be seeking to partner in the future with the council or whatever and different things. But one example, in the next five years, there may be some refugees coming our way. We are not a prime spot for that. They say there's nowhere to put them in the area. But we've only had a few hundred out of the 20,000 that have been promised. Is it 20,000? By, by 2020, wherever it is. Over the next four or five years, we've only seen a few hundred in our country of actual genuine refugees. We're not just talking about immigrants, migrants. We're talking about refugees, particularly from the Syrian crisis. They could well come our way because they're going to run out of places to put them. When they come our way, we've got an opportunity to share the love of Christ by rolling up our sleeves and befriending them, helping them, maybe giving them a roof over their head, food, clothes, whatever it might be, schooling, whatever, English classes. There could be an opportunity. That's one example of partnering with God using that to crack the nut and to bless the people who are working alongside in the process. He's promising that. It's exciting, isn't it? Partnering. So those are the four Ps. Can we have the next slide, please? There they are. Place, plant, participate and partner. When anyone ever says to you what is the vision of Beacon Church, you can now go, we're looking at place where we get involved in our sites of influence. We're looking at planting in the future and getting involved in current plants. We're looking to participate in what God's already up to and you can think of all sorts of ideas of what that might represent. And we're looking to partner with other groups in the town to bless our town and to bless the people we're working with. We're seeking after the good of our, the place around us, always willing to share the reason why that's what we're here for. Four Ps. Is that okay? Is that easy enough to remember? Yeah? As we revisit these four Ps over the years, what they each represent and what they mean will gradually change because things will change. We, God willing, we'll be in another venue somewhere or we'll have a different office in town or, like I say, different places where we'll do workshops, you know, get back to work, workshops through CAP or whatever. Things will change but the vision doesn't, doesn't get tossed about by the wind or people's whims or leaders changing minds on what they prefer and what they're more into. We are still going to be focusing on place, plant, participate and partner. But as the seasons change, these will gradually mean something slightly different each time. But the vision itself stays the same. Does that make life easy for you? No? Yes. However, we mustn't forget it's always got to be about Christ. Hasn't it? It's always got to be about Christ. Which is why we have our purpose statement still Living life, shall we say it together? Living life Jesus' way, by His Spirit, on His mission, for His glory. So whenever, whenever anyone ever says to you, why are you here, what are you do, why are you doing what you're doing? You can say it's all about living life Jesus' way, by His Spirit, on His mission, for His glory. It's all about Him, isn't it? And what I love, in Matthew 28, the Great Commission, this is our mission. This is His mission and this is what it looks like for us getting involved, Jesus says to his disciples and to us, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. He could leave it there. He doesn't. He could leave it there. He could say, Go on then. I'll give you a job to do. Off you go. You're my people now. That's, this is my mission. I'll be, I'll be over there doing some bits or I'll be sitting behind my desk and plotting my planner. But uh, off you go, go and do the work. He doesn't. What does he say? And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Absolutely, to the end of time. He's going to be with us every step of the way. What I want to make sure is 
while he's with me every step of the way, I'm unaware of it or ignoring it. I want to be walking in step with him. I want to be walking in step with Holy Spirit, giving a nudge, going, not there, there. Not that, that. Or, yes, run with it. I want to hear that voice, don't you? I want to know what he's up to. And I'm so grateful we've got these prophecies. A few years ago, we, we, we used to have this discussion, like we haven't really got any prophecies for Beacon. Other churches have that and they run with stuff. We haven't really got anything. So what do we do? We, asked, we didn't wait for them. We asked for them. Now we've got details that God has given us to go invest here, do this, do that, run with it. You'll know I'm with you. Go for it. He's with us every step of the way. It's exciting, isn't it? Like Samuel Hacker in the 1830s, like the selling on eBay in 2013, it brings vision, it brings ownership, and it's brought life to our town. Vision brings life. But when vision is birthed in the eternal king, it brings eternal life. I don't just want to see Herm Bay flourishing as a town. It'd be nice. I don't want to see the local economy doing well. That would be nice. I don't want to see no boarded up shops and everybody in a job. That would be nice. But what's it all for if the vast majority of them don't know Christ? That's what I want to see. And I know you do as well. Shall we stand? We're just going to do communion. And then we'll sing a song as we close. Can we have the first two of those lights, the left-hand one of those other lights back on, please, Malcolm? Thank you. Brilliant. Cheers, buddy. I need more music. I'm just going to play quietly in the background. If I can find my music. I'll turn this microphone off in a second.